are almost through with Ecclesiastes. We've been in it for several months. And Lord willing, we will wrap it up next week. Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verse 1. We're going to look at the first eight verses tonight. Kind of along the same lines of some of the things we discussed a little bit last week. Let's pray and we'll jump in. Father God, we come to you. We thank you for your good word. And I pray, dear Lord, that we would reflect on your word, that we would take these words to heart, dear Lord. They hopefully will remind us to recognize just how precious life is and recognize what's important. And dear Lord, also, it brings some realities to our, to our minds tonight of what life turns into if we live long enough, dear Lord. But, but let us learn to seek you while we are young so that we will follow you when we are old, dear Lord. And I pray, God, that your Holy Spirit would just speak to us through these words tonight. And I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verse 1. So remember your Creator in the days of your youth. He starts here by pointing out an important fact about God, and that is God is our Creator. God has made us. That's pretty significant. That helps to establish that God is far greater than we are. We did not happen by chance. We are not on the same level as God. God is our creator, and we are sinners on this old sinful world, and we're trying to figure it out. We're trying to pick up the pieces. We're going through all the difficulties of this life that we have seen throughout the, the book of Ecclesiastes. And so with all that in mind, that he's talked about some of the bummers and some of the just negatives and disappointments and just hardships of life. With all that in mind, what does he say here as he closes? Remember your Creator in the days of your youth. It's good to recognize and know who God is when you are young. And I think the reason maybe that he's saying this here is that it's good to know God when we are young so that we can trust in God when we are old. And he goes on as the passage continues to talk about what life begins to look like a little bit in our older age. So remember the Creator in the days of your youth. Before the days of adversity come and the years approach when you will say, I have no delight in them. So there are days coming when you're young, life is pretty good. That's not to say that there are not hardships. But there are certain things that are going to occur in our life as we get older. Our our, our bodies are going to begin to change. We're not going to be able to do things that we used to could do. Things that used to be joyous for us are things that we will no longer enjoy. And he says here, remember your creator in the days of your youth. Before the days of adversity come and the days come that you say, I have no delight in them. When we are younger, we can delight in the things of this world because we can go and we can do and we can enjoy life to some extent. But I suspect that many of you, as has been the case for me, as you begin to go visit people as they have gotten older and as they no longer can really get out, can no longer do anything, you sense this, you hear this, they'll say things like this. 
There is no more delight in the days of this world. There comes a point where we get to the end of our life and and there's more adversity in our life. Just simply waking up and trying to sit up in the bed to take a sip of water is a task. It's a lot of adversity as we begin to age. And that's what he's talking about here. This old world, our life is going to be coming to an end one day. And there's coming a day that you are not going to delight in this life in the way that you always have. For some of us, that day may be closer than others. For some of us, you are very young. Enjoy those good days while you can. Enjoy those things you can do. Because one day you will not be able to do those things. He says here in verse 2, Before the sun and the light are darkened, and the moon and the stars and the clouds return after the rain. Dark days. It's symbolic language here. Dark days come. Uh, The clouds come after the rain. Uh, When we see, sometimes we'll say, man, when the rain comes and the clouds clear out, the sun is beautiful. Well, that's how it is. When you're young, you have those tough days and you got your health and you can get back going, but there comes a point in time in our life as we begin to age and our health begins to decline that we have dark day after dark day and the rain comes and there's another cloud. It seems like there's one bad thing after another. You get out of one doctor's appointment and two days later you got to go to another doctor's appointment and you got to go see the heart doctor and the skin doctor and the eye doctor and that's one week and then the next week your spouse has to go to see all the same doctors and the week after that you got to go back for a checkup at all of those and your life becomes, i got to go to the doctor. And I got to do this. And I don't feel good. And I got to go try to get some more medicine. And this is the cycle of life. And the author of Ecclesiastes, he just comes out and says these things. He says, look, life is difficult. Now, some of you may can relate to this. We, none of, maybe nobody in here is old enough to relate to the things that he is talking about. But he says, look, days are coming where life is not going to be as good for you as it is when you are young. And so I think maybe his point is you need to learn to trust God and know God when you are young because you're going to need him as you get older. And if you learn to trust him when you're young, it'll be easier to trust him when these days of adversity come and when one rain cloud comes after another after another and you're hoping for a good day and there's always something, some new ailment or some new something that comes up. And so he talks about, okay, before the days of adversity, before the days when the clouds are going to come. And then he continues on, verse 3. On the day when the guardian of the house, the guardians of the house tremble and the strong men stoop. Now, he's about to use some language that appears to be very symbolic. Some of the symbolism may be easy for us to understand. It may not be, it may not be natural to us at first reading, but, but as we talk about them, we probably will be able to see some of the symbolism that's being talked about here. So the first one, on the day when the guardians of the house tremble. Possibly what he's speaking of here, and and some of these things are debated. It's really hard to know exactly what they are. But I'll tell you as best as I can understand them what I think they may mean. On the day when the guardians of the house tremble. That is speaking of your arms. Your, you have strength. These are your guardians. This is what protects you. This is, this is what you work with. And when you are young, you are strong. And as you get older, you get to a certain point that you are not as strong as you used to be. You just begin to lose some of your strength. You can't 
pick up things you could pick up. When you're 25 years old, you could lift heavy things and you could pick it up with your hands and your back didn't give you any, any trouble and you could work all day and you could stand up straight and do it the next day. But there's coming a day, he says, when the days of your youth have passed, there's coming a day when the guardians of the house will tremble, when your hands and your arms will become shaky and they will not be as strong as they used to. And strong men will stoop that happens as we get older. As we get older, we can't walk and stand as straight. We begin to stoop. We just don't have the strength. Our body has begun to break down. And these are the things that he's pointing out. These are the days that will come to us. If we live long enough, life is going to get difficult for us. The women who grind cease because they are few. Now, he's probably speaking of teeth here. Uh, now, of course, in our modern days, our teeth, you know, we have our teeth for a long time. We can keep them clean. We get dentists to go to. In older times, that was not the case. You'd, you'd, you'd lose your teeth. And, and even today, many people lose their teeth or may not have many teeth left. But praise the Lord with technology, we get false teeth. But we can understand what he's saying here. The women who grind, there are few of them left. And so, therefore... It's, it's harder to eat. It's harder to chew your food. You have to watch what you eat. And the ones who watch through the windows see dimly. That is, our eyesight begins to get dim. When you are young, eyesight is such a beautiful and wonderful thing. And I always heard that around 40, that's when your eyes begin to decline. For me, it started about 38. And so I got a couple year head start. And while my eyes aren't horrible, I sure do miss the days that I could see stuff without having to wear glasses. I used to could see so good in the, in the dark just about. I could, I could look at something and read it. And now things are kind of dim. I need good light. I need this, this, this tablet that I can turn the brightness up on so I can see this word. This is the cycle of life. Our eyes will eventually grow dim. Verse 4. The doors at the, at the street are shut while the sound of the meal fades. What happens to our ears a lot of times as we begin to get older? They shut up. We can't hear as good as we used to. And that's the cycle of life. That's the way it is. I've noticed I was talking to one of my buddies a few weeks ago. I don't really hear very good as good as I used to. And the last six months or so, I've noticed that this has become a thing. I don't know what it is, but I, well, I have a pretty good idea, a good idea, probably listening to loud music all the time when I was a teenager. That probably is what it is. But even, even at, a, at, a, at a pretty young age, at 39, I can notice that my hearing is not quite as good as it used to be. And guess what? When I'm 49, it's going to be a little worse than that, a little worse than that. And pretty soon, y'all are going to be talking to me, and I'm going to be saying, huh? Huh? Like me. That's the way it is. Some of you, some of you can relate to this. Some of you, some of you look at this and you shake your head. You say, "Yep, Amen." I know I don't have my strength. I can't stand up. I stoop. My 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 eyes aren't good. My ears aren't good. And some of you look at this and say, "Oh my! I don't want this to happen to me." Well, this is life. We cannot fight it. We can work out. We can do the best we can. We can eat the best we can. But we cannot escape 
the inevitable. And that's what the author of Ecclesiastes wants, wants to point out to us. Hey, life is tough. One day you're going to leave this world. He doesn't pull any punches. He puts it right out here for us. This is what you've got to look forward to. Continuing on, the middle of verse 4. When one rises at the sound of a bird. Now, presumably there, I think what he's saying is, you don't sleep good. The least little thing will wake you up. Perhaps there was a time where you could sleep good, and now you'd say, well, I just can't sleep good. I wake up during the night. I get up early in the morning. I wish I could sleep, and sleep just escapes me. The least little thing wakes us up. And all the daughters of song grow faint. I think maybe there he's speaking of our voices. As we begin to age, our voices become weaker. Just last week, I was visiting someone, and I could barely hear what they were saying. Their voice had become so weak, and they were probably talking as loud as they could talk. And that is the way that things go. Our voices begin to get weak, and we don't have enough air to, to, really, to really push our voice out there and to really speak loud. That's part of the cycle of life. Verse 5. Also, they are afraid of heights and dangers on the road. That happens to us as we get a little older. Now, for some people, it should happen, and it don't. Sadly, there's some folks that, that ought to be scared to drive. I'm scared of their driving, but they ain't scared of their driving. <laughs> but, but, but for most of us, this is probably true. There comes, there comes a time where we used to would get in the car, and we would drive anywhere, and we wouldn't think twice about it. But... But as we get older and we know that our eyes aren't as good and, and our ears aren't as good and we get into big city and we may kind of get nervous and we say, oh, it's a lot of traffic here. I'm just going to kind of get in my lane. I'm just going to kind of go slow and I'm going to stay out of everybody's way. I do that sometimes if I'm going somewhere and it's night because my eyes aren't as good as they used to be. And so there comes a day where we used to be all on the road and now we realize, wait a minute. There's certain things on the road that I don't like to drive on. I don't like to drive in big traffic. I don't like to drive on high bridges or things like that that may not have worried us at one day, but as we begin to age, we become afraid of heights and the dangers on the road. The almond tree blossoms. That is, our hair begins to turn white. The grasshopper loses its spring. It's, a, it's, a, it's an amazing thing when you are young you get up and sit down, and you don't even think about it. But you get with a group of people that have a little age on them when it's time to get up, and you'll hear a lot of, a lot of grunting when they're trying to get up. And sometimes you'll see it takes two or three spots. Maybe you've got to kind of rock a little bit, right? Because you don't have the same spring you did. Used to, as a kid, you can sit on the ground, and somebody says, get up, and you can pop up. Your legs will pop you up. But you get to a certain point, and you might not want to admit it. You can't pop up as good as you used to. You start off, you say, well, I can't sit on the ground. And then you say, I can't sit in the chair that low. And then pretty soon you get a, you get a lift chair that can go ahead and do the rest of the way because our old legs, they just give out. Now, praise the Lord, we can exercise and we can do all we can. But one day it's going to happen. One day your legs are going to lose their spring. And the caperberry has no effect. Now, I think he's probably speaking of medicine here, something maybe that they would have taken to have helped with certain ailments and certain things as they begin to decline. And some of you in here may take a pill or two or may take a dozen or two dozen, right? Our doctors give us pills and pills and pills and a pill for this and a pill for that. But pretty soon, even the pills aren't enough to keep us alive. Our body 
it just is going to run its course and we can take all the medicine we want, but eventually it's not going to have the same effect that it used to have. For man is headed to his eternal home and mourners will walk around in the street. He comes right down to it. Here's the way it's going to go. Here's the checklist. Before, before your life comes to an end and you go to your eternal home, here's how you know it's getting close. You're not going to be able to see. You're not going to be able to hear. You're not going to be able to stand up straight. You're going to lose your strength. Your voice is going to be gone. You're not going to be able to do anything. And then we'll go to our eternal home. Now, that's kind of a downer. I mean, that is kind of a downer, quite frankly, because we begin to see these things in our life. And this is the point that the author of Ecclesiastes is trying to make. He has told us throughout the book that our wealth and our riches and our health and our fame and none of these things make a difference. And when all is said and done, we're all going the same way. We're all going to break down. And so what matters? What is going to get us through this life and, and, and give us some hope in this life is if we trust in God, if we remember the Creator in our youth. If we learn who God is and spend a lifetime trusting Him, when we get to this point, we don't, we don't say, oh my, we say amen. Amen, God, my time is coming. I don't delight in the days of this life, but God, I delight in the days that are right around the corner when I get to go to my eternal home and be with you. And that's why you see so many people, as they begin to age and as they get to a certain point, that they just say, I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go home. That's a hard thing probably for, when you're younger, that's a hard thing to comprehend. And I don't know at what age you begin to start thinking that. But I would, I would suspect that as these things that are mentioned here begin to pile up and our quality of life begins to decline and we've lost so many of those around us that we love, there's a certain point, and I'm sure it's different for everybody, but there's a certain point that we come to a realization as much as we love some of the things and the people in this world, we realize this world is not my home. And that's what he said. There's a day coming, and we're going to go to our eternal home. And the mourners will walk around the street. Now, we don't mourn for those in Christ who have gone to be with Christ. We, we mourn for ourselves. We mourn at the process. We mourn at the suffering. We mourn at life and all that we have to go through. But we should, if we do not, we should rejoice for those who are in Christ to know that their sufferings and all of these things are gone, that now in Christ they have spring in their step and they can see and they can hear better than they ever have before and they will never have to go to another doctor's appointment again because they will be in the presence of the great physician for all eternity. So he talks here about, okay, learn who God is in your youth before bad days come, before all of these things that we just looked at come. He kind of It's kind of three different sections, before this, before this, and now he kind of shifts, shifts gears here uh, in, in this last section. Verse 6. Before the silver cord is snapped and the gold bowl is broken and the jar is shattered at the spring and the wheel is broken into the well. Now this is probably, or at least in my opinion, maybe the toughest verse in this whole section. Now it appears to me that he's shifting gears here. He's gone through in this last before section all of these things about as our body begins to decline. 
And it seems as though he's found a good, he's, he's ended that section. And that section has ended with death. So some will get to a point that their body will begin to break down. And that will end in death. But now it seems as though he's starting another before section. And so for all of us, we're not all going to live to that age. There is no guarantee that we're going to live 70, 80, 90, 100 years. We may only live 40 years. We may only live 50 years. We don't know how long we have in this world. And so maybe you'll live to experience these things. Or maybe there will be some other tragedy in your life. And maybe that's the point that he's trying to make here. So you may live a good long life. Eventually you're going to die. Or there may be something catastrophic that happens before the silver cord is snapped. Now, there's a couple of ways that this is interpreted. Some have, have said that this is speaking of the tongue, that maybe you lose the ability to speak. Uh, you've heard the, the, the phrase before, silver tongue. That phrase didn't come, I don't think, to the 1500s, but perhaps that was the, the meaning here. That's what some would say. Another, uh, probably the most popular interpretation here, is a speaking about your spinal cord. The, perhaps the, 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 the meaning here being, look, there could come a day that, that you could break your neck. Maybe you don't live a long night. Maybe there comes a day in life that, that no matter how young or how old you are, Man, death is going to strike. It's going to hit you. Your, your neck is going to snap. Your spinal cord is going to snap. And the golden bowl is broken. Now, presumably, this is speaking of your head, your skull, your brain. Perhaps you take a tumble and you bump your head. You bust your head open. It, it becomes broken. These are things that, that so often are, are, are life-threatening injuries. These are serious injuries. These are things that even on our best days when we're being careful and we're young and we're in good health, like tragedy could strike us at any time. And so we must be aware, hey, if we're living in our old age, well, praise the Lord. Rejoice in Him and, and be ready because the, the bad days are coming. But maybe this is why He says... You better get to know God in the days of your youth because you don't know how many days you're going to have. You get to know God in the days of your youth because, man, one, one wrong move, a tragedy could strike unexpected, and so you better be ready. You better know what's important in life. And the jar is shattered at the spring, and the wheel is broken into the well. Now, uh, probably this may be speaking of the heart or the circular system, you know, pumping blood through your body, that all of a sudden that, that functionality of the heart, it stops. Maybe something like a heart attack. These are things that can hit at any moment, and not just for older people. They can hit younger people too. And so he says, look, while you are young, you better know who God is. You better trust God. You better put your faith in God. Why? Because at the very least, if you live a long life, there's going to be cloudy days ahead. But who knows? We don't know. Tragedy could strike at any moment. We could have a heart attack at any moment. And so if we don't know God, what kind of shape will we be in? Well, we're going to be in a bad shape. <clears throat> and the dust returns to the earth as it once was, and the Spirit returns to God who gave it. Absolute futility, says the teacher. Everything is futile. So what does our future hold for us? regardless of how long we live or how short we live, the same is inevitable for each and every one of us. We will all return to the earth as dust as we once were. But our spirit will return to God. Now, we need to ask ourselves the question today, hey, if, if, if my life ends today, do I know who the Lord is? Do I trust in Him? 
As my life begins to get harder, as I begin to get older, am I trusting God knowing that even on the days that I can't hardly get up, God is going to give me the strength to get up? One day this life is going to come to an end. It's important for us to make choices that matter and live a life and leave a legacy that matters. Because when all is said and done, and we've said this passage throughout the whole book, we always come back to this passage. When all is said and done, and we'll talk about it next week, there is nothing left but to fear God and keep His commands. So it doesn't matter about our wealth. It doesn't matter about our fame. It doesn't matter about any of these things. It doesn't matter about how healthy we are. It doesn't matter how long we live or how short we live. Ultimately, we will all stand before God. And so what does the author of Ecclesiastes tell us? Learn who God is. Learn who God is in your youth. Trust Him in your old age. Because one day we're all going to stand before Him. So let us be those that hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. To know that, look, we have an eternal home to go to because Jesus Christ has prepared a way for us. Because God knew that this old life was going to come to an end in one way or another. Whether, in, whether when we are young or whether when we are old, this old life is going to come to an end. But Jesus died on the cross so that we could be forgiven. So that this life wouldn't have the final say. But that so we could receive eternal life through Jesus Christ. So let us hear the command in Scripture to put our faith in Jesus Christ. Let us fear God and keep His commands tonight. Let's pray. Father God, we come to You. And in some way, dear Lord, these verses are kind of a bummer. But, but in another way, dear Lord, they're just honest. They're just true. They're a reminder to us of just how short and precious our life is. So God, for those who are younger tonight, let them not take their life and their youth for granted. God, let, their not, let them not take your words and your command for granted, dear Lord. But let them, let them live life to the fullest and, and rejoice in their youth and their health and their ability to move and do. Dear Lord, for those in here tonight that perhaps their health has begun to fail and maybe they don't see as good as they once did or hear as once they did or can't get up quite as good as they used to, dear Lord, or, or maybe they worry about the days that are, the, that are to come, dear Lord, let us... Let us not worry about those days, but to know that, God, we will trust in you and you will take care of us. God, I pray that you give us all good years, many years and good days and good health that we can continue to get around and serve one another and work alongside one another. So, dear Lord, I pray that we find our encouragement in you tonight, whether we are young or whether we are old. And, God, I pray that you would just help us to know that one day we'll leave this old world, one day we will return to dust, but God, our spirit will return to you. If we have put our faith in Jesus Christ, dear Lord, we will be with you for all of eternity. So I pray, God, that each one in this room, whether young or old, puts their faith in you tonight and trust in you. And I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.